1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
0: Welcome to the Beautifully Complicated Podcast. I'm your host, Sheena, and I'm excited you are joining me today today. In this episode's What's Happening Now segment, I'm talking about the diversity of this year's Oscar nominations and focusing in on DACA. What is the policy, who falls under it, and why the Democrats need to fight hard to protect them. In the self-care segment, it's time to become more self-aware. Yes, you. You need to be more self-aware. Some giving quick tips on how to get you on the path to discovery. Finally, in Black Excellence, I'm highlighting one of our brilliant U.S. Senators, Kamala Harris of California. No friend host this week, so grab your tea and let's talk. Segment one What's happening now? Welcome to the show. I want to spend time on this episode really talking about immigration and the dreamers or DACA people who are being used by the federal government in unseemly ways. Before I jump into that conversation, I want to start with something a little bit more lighthearted and positive. The Oscar nominations are out. By the way, our fave sister friend Tiffany Hadish was one of the announcers and was glorious with all of her mispronunciations of names. Just take a listen.
1: Daniel, Hallelujah! Daniel, Yeah, you know it. He know his name. And get
0: out. So. After Hashtag Oscars So White last year, the Academy came back with a better and diverse list of nominees for awards, especially the top awards. Daniel Kaluuya has a Best Actor nomination for Get Out. Get Out also got a nomination for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, and Jordan Peele got one for Best Director. Octavia Spencer and Mary J. Blige both are up for Best Supporting Actress. Octavia for The Shape of Water, which apparently I need to check out. And Mary J. Blige for Mudbound. Great movie. If you haven't seen it, please check that one out. It is on Netflix. Kamel Nanjiani is up for The Big Sick as best original screenplay. Coco is up for best animated feature. Mudbound is up for best original song with Mary J. Blige, Raphael Sadiq, and Tara Stinson's song, Mighty River. Finally, Denzel Washington is up for best actor for Roman Israel, Esquire. So phenomenal. I am excited to see more people of color getting recognized for their work. I wish we could have saw Dee Reese up for best director for Mudbound. She did a great job with the film. We'll all be watching ABC on March 4th to see who takes home the golden statue. All right. Since the last time we chatted, the U.S. federal government was shut down Friday morning, January 19th, and it reopened Monday evening. What happened? Well... It was time for the budget vote again. The GOP was pushing to just vote on that and possibly fund CHIP. You know CHIP, the children's health insurance plan that the Republicans chose to not continue funding back in September. Republicans decided instead to use it as a bargaining chip for funding the government. They pitted this program against DACA to force Democrats to choose which they wanted to support with government funding. Absolutely insane and heartless. Why pit two vulnerable groups against each other? It's sick. Democrats felt both were important and didn't see a need to choose one over the other, but pushed for there to be a DACA vote. Well, it didn't happen. Negotiations were not going well with the White House for the bipartisan bill to fund the government, protect dreamers, and fund Chip. The White House, as we all know, is full of people who are nativists and basically hate immigrants. With Stephen Miller and General Kelly heading negotiations with Congress, there was a stall and, of course, nothing being done. So that's what happened that caused the shutdown. Democrats started well, led by Democratic Senator of New York, Chuck Schumer. They stood their ground, shut down the government, and pushed for legislation to protect DACA. By Monday afternoon, Schumer caved and took McConnell's word that they will be able to come to a bipartisan agreement to protect DACA recipients by February 8th. Or at least put a bill on the floor. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't have taken Mitch McConnell at his word. He hasn't stood by it in the past. So let's talk a little bit about DACA. What is DACA? Right. So it's something that I think is important to understand as we navigate the conversation about this in the political arena. So DACA is an acronym for the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. It started in 2012 by President Obama's administration. It basically allowed young people who were under the age of 31 at the beginning of the program, who were brought to this country illegally by their parents to get a temporary reprieve from deportation. And they received the permission to work, study, and obtain driver's licenses. Now... Those signing up for DACA had to show that they had clean criminal records, they had to be enrolled in high school uh, or college or serve in our military, and their status would be renewable every two years. Now we have the Dreamers. They're about 800,000 DACA recipients, also known as DREAMers, according to the U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. A lot of them come from um, Central America and Mexico. There are some who come from Asia and South Korea, Philippines there. Uh, we have the largest population of them in California, followed by Texas, then New York. Um Why was it created? Okay, so we all know that during the Obama years, Congress had already decided to not truly help President Obama pass legislation. Uh, That was what McConnell stated would be the case when President Obama was first elected into office, when the Republicans controlled both House and the Senate of um, Congress There was a lot of things that they were just not willing to compromise on and work with President Obama on, and immigration was one of those things. So President Obama decided to create the DACA program through executive action in June 2012. Now, the Republicans obviously thought he was overstepping his bounds, did think that it was a good idea to be using executive orders to be um, instituting immigration laws. But he did it anyway, for good reason. He understood that there were people in this country that needed to be protected, who were doing great things in our country, and there was no need to send them out and, um, and allow them to be deported to countries that they do not know. Trump comes along, elected president, and decided to eradicate DACA. So um, he went ahead and just rescinded the executive order. And when he rescinded that executive order, he stated that he wanted Congress to come up with a bipartisan plan to help the DACA recipients over the next year six months to come up with a plan to allow them to become uh, maybe a path to citizenship or at least to protect them in the country uh, by way of uh, congressional legislation. Oh, what a dream, right? That's not going to happen. So that's kind of the background on how DACA came about. Um, A little bit about who the DACA recipients are. Most of the people who are in this program are in their mid and early 20s, and they arrived here before they were 10, with the largest percentage of them arriving when they were three or under, really. They live all over the country. They are our neighbors. They're our baristas. They're our military servicemen. They are already performing such great acts within the country. About 80% of them are from Mexico, um, but... We see them from all over the world, like I stated before. They want to be entrepreneurs. They want to work. They want to help us develop our economy. These are upstanding citizens uh, who were brought here, who didn't choose to come here, who were brought here legally by their parents, who were seeking a better life for their for their kids, who were um, fleeing from some form of persecution or whatever was happening within their country. But this is supposed to be the land of the free, right? This is supposed to be the land that you come to, United States of America, when you want to have a better life for yourself and your family, when you want to be able to achieve greater things. And we have a lot of great opportunities in this country. And the people from these other countries want to come here to achieve such opportunities and to give their children a better chance and a better life. Can't fault them for that. I understand it. This country is Uh, is a country of immigration It's a country of immigrants we have most of the people here came by way of immigration immigrating from other countries and different um, time periods of our history and i don't understand why we are all of a sudden so disgusted by there being an influx of people from mostly mexico Central America coming here, when we have plenty of European immigrants here, we've had Canadian immigrants here, we've had immigrants from all of these other countries. So I don't understand why now, although I do understand, I don't understand why now it's just such a, such a horrible thing. If people was you know, there has to be a wall. So these The people who are in DACA, they're usually highly skilled immigrants. They are college graduates. They've got great things going on. But here's one of the kickers. They tend to live in Democratic districts with a good percentage of them probably being Democrats. So that's one thing that is uh, one of the reasons why Republicans probably don't really see a need to help these, uh, these kids out, these young adults. Because as we begin to look ahead into the future of our country within the next probably 20, 25 years, this country be a majority people of color. And so our white American brothers and sisters are going to be in the minority. And because they're going to be in the minority, I think there is um, effort now to try to prevent that from happening. And so that effort requires them looking at immigration And who are the immigrants that are coming into this country and trying to prevent them from coming in? We've seen it. We know it. It's nativism at its worst. So the White House has decided to propose a plan to Congress as a bipartisan agreement, quote unquote, to help deal with the DACA recipients. And so their proposal, their agreement, absolutely insane. It was so hateful in what it is saying and what it's doing. So basically, here's what it wants to do. In exchange for DACA, giving the DACA um, recipients a path to citizenship, which they will want to allow that to happen over the next 10 to 12 years, depending on their own circumstances, what they want to do is have a heightened focus, of course, on border security, but not just any type of heightened focus on border security. They want $25 billion for that ridiculous wall. Mind you, let me tell you how insane that wall thing is. There is very little federal land that goes across the border that can hold this quote unquote wall. It's insane. It's archaic. It's backward thinking. If you want to do something around border security walls are not the way to go. Y'all know how that could wind up and it's a waste of money. Twenty five billion dollars. We need we can use twenty five billion dollars in other areas in this country. But they want the wall. Whatever. Twenty five billion dollars. That's probably more than likely an absolute no from most Democrats, as it should be. They want to prevent people from having the opportunity to sponsor family members um, for citizenship in the United States, what they call, quote, chain migration, which I hate the term. It sounds absolutely disgusting, especially as a person who descended from African people who were enslaved by this country and brought here in chains. It's crazy. Uh, So they want to crack down on this chain migration Also something to note, most of them are products of chain migration, Mm -hmm. but they've demanded that there be uh, very limited uh, abilities for those who are family members of immigrants to receive U.S. citizenship. It would limit family sponsorship to spouses and minor children only and changing the F3 and F4 visas, which is used for U.S. citizens to bring adult children and siblings respectively to the U S as well as unlimited visas for citizens to sponsor their parents. Um, they may be able to still get visas, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't themselves be able to have the opportunity uh, to have a path to U S citizenship. Number three, they want to end the diversity visa lottery. Oh yeah. Yeah. We've heard so much about this from, uh, Trump. He always talks about this diversity visa lottery and claiming that they are sending the worst people, which is not even how it, is That's not even how the program works. But anyway, um, basically, 50,000 immigrants from other countries um, are allowed to apply for admission into the U.S. You, we want to... We have a lot of people in Congress who definitely want to retain this. We had a lot of people in Congress who don't, but it's mostly the diversity part that has a lot more backing in this when it comes to diversity visa. And that's really um, a great push from a lot of Democrats, as well as the Congressional Black Caucus. And that's a key way to allow for African immigrants to enter the country. Um, obviously, something that Trump is not a fan of based on earlier comments we heard him say when he called things it whole countries, but that's a whole nother story. So, they want to end diversity visa lottery in exchange for the wall and give, get doing away with chain migration and diversity visa lottery. They'll say, we will give you a quote permanent solution for DACA recipients. And that would maybe allow them the ability to have a path to citizenship. If they show themselves to be good upstanding people over the next 10 to 12 years, they then if they do they can go ahead and get green cards to citizenship blah 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 yada 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 it's a horrible 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 deal that like the white house has put on the table this country needs Is immigrants. Um, We are a better nation because we are a nation of immigrants, because we are so diverse and we are a melting pot. And we do have so many different people from different backgrounds and different cultures who can lend to our country um, a much more beautiful um, fabric than what we would have if we were just a one type of people country. And that's just not the case. And so I think that We need to uphold our immigrants. We need to give those who are here a path to citizenship. We shouldn't be having children and parents working together to determine what they need to do in case there is an ICE raid. We should not have to um, have children having to carry around their, quote, papers uh, to protect them from being deported when they are going to school. It's sick. This reminds me of... The what happened with the Gestapos in Nazi Germany. It reminds me of this very nation during the time period of slavery when those Black people who were free had to carry around their papers and where they went to show who they were, that they were in fact free Black people. It's just insane that we are going to such a dark period of this, not just this country, but this world and how we are acting and having to behave in order to protect ourselves and our children. I hear very sad stories from immigrant communities right now because they are doing their best to protect themselves, but they are being torn apart by our ICE department. Um, ICE is just going in and just taking people away who have been here for 20 and 30 years and deporting them to a country they do not know any longer. Uh, To deport a, a child to a country that they have never known as home is absolutely heartless and disgusting. It's it makes no sense to me. I think that we need to show ourselves to be this great shining nation that we, pr- we pretend to call, we, that we call ourselves so often on the world stage. We need to actually show that we are that nation. We need to create laws and put um, legislation into place to be in alignment with that ideal that we have as a nation. I mean, it's just like how we how we claim ourselves to be so great and awesome, at the same time how we are disenfranchising such large groups of people who are here, like the black community, the Latino community, the gay community. There are many communities in this country who are being oppressed and hurt and harmed by this country because we have people in power who often don't want to help those groups of people, but rather uphold their hateful thoughts and ideals and make those laws instead. So, hopefully... I really, really hope that government come together, the Republicans and the Democrats are able to come together and create a really strong, solid, clean DACA bill that allows the recipients of that program to have a path to citizenship and that they come together and work on a really good immigration plan, which still... Has security in there for the borders when it comes to uh, criminals coming into our country, but allows those who are willing to come in and want to come in to just better themselves and their families, allowing them the opportunity to come in and do just that. I think we need to show ourselves to be a great nation, and it's time that we do that through legislation. So watch this space. Watch what happens with DACA uh, and what Congress decides to do, because this will be an interesting one, and it will impact a lot of people we probably care about and had no idea were DACA recipients. Segment two, self-care. So I was going to focus this segment on this episode on something else, but I kept being drawn into focus on self-awareness and growth. So I changed it at the last minute, by the way. So as I navigate. As I navigate through uh, social media and read posts from people I know and those I don't, I'm starting to see a pattern of people who are desiring to find out who they are and what makes them unique. People are becoming more vocal about their struggles as well as their wins. I'm starting to see a glimmer of transparency from some while others are still putting up barriers and living one life on social media and another outside of it. Over the past four years or so, I have been on a journey. I've talked a bit about my journey in past episodes. What I realized is that at the core of it was self-awareness, being more aware of who I am and why I am. Once I began to relate my actions and emotions to specific thoughts, perceptions, and ideas, I have been able to dismantle those that were self-destructive and build up on those that were more constructive. As I've done this, I've found myself settling more into my peace and enjoying the journey that I am on even more. So let's work to get you on there, too, if it is something that is becoming a focus for you and your overall growth. So what is self-awareness? The dictionary defines it as conscious knowledge of one's own character, feelings, motives, and desires. Wikipedia goes deeper to say that, quote, self-awareness is the capacity of introspection and the ability to recognize oneself as an individual separate from the environment and other individuals. Harvard Business Review stated, Quote, internal self-awareness represents how clearly we see our own values, passions, aspirations fit with our environment, reactions, including thoughts, feelings, behaviors, strengths and weaknesses and impact on others. Basically, for what we want to accomplish in this episode, it's an understanding of you, who you are. What makes you into that person? What lends itself into the development of certain characteristics within? Being more self-aware allows you to be more conscious of your quirks, your personality, your character, and why you are the way you are. It allows you to know the foundation of your strengths and the areas of improvements. So how do you become more self-aware? I have a few tips for you. Number one, be honest with yourself. The only way to know who you truly are is to allow yourself to start being honest with yourself. You'd be surprised at how often you are not being honest to you about you. We like to find what makes us feel comfortable or good without checking ourselves in the process. That checking is not a bad thing when done properly. It's self-exploration and the jumping off point to improving on those areas. Number two, write it out. Grab a notebook and just start jotting things down about you. Stories, actions, thoughts, whatever. As you're writing, allow yourself to start exploring the why why in some of those areas. Now, you won't solve everything, but you may discover some key things about yourself like that you're bad with finances or you're not good at holding yourself accountable or perhaps you often push people away. That honesty from step one helps you greatly in step two. Number three, focus on the how. How do I improve in this area? How do I leverage my strengths to develop further? This is the part where you need to start developing a plan. If you're often speaking negatively, maybe this is where you introduce the idea of adding positive affirmations and speaking words of positivity into your everyday vernacular. This is small stuff because it requires small steps. Nothing big or grand here. This isn't like the gold manifestations of the last episode. This is small things that you can do daily to help yourself become more self-aware and become an even better person. Number four, get some help. If you're discovering some of the things in your life may require some further guidance beyond yourself, don't be afraid to hire a professional. These are, There are some great psychiatrists, self-help gurus, coaches, etc. who can help you with whatever you're looking to improve upon. It's great to have someone who can help you become a doper you. Number five, practice makes perfect. When working on becoming more self-aware and improving in certain areas, it's necessary to make it routine. Practice those affirmations until it seeps into your soul. Number six, live your life. One of the best things you can do with your life is truly live it. Aside from what others want to believe or think of you, find what makes you happy, what gives you joy, and do those things. I love art. I discovered that after disconnecting from other people and constantly doing what they like to do. Now I find time to go to a gallery or museum and just take in art whenever I can. When you're living life on your terms more often, you find your happiness and your peace. Number seven, enjoy the journey. I'm revisiting this one. I believe I had it as a tip on another episode's self-care segment. It is so powerful that I want it to be at the apex of everyone's story. Your journey is completely unique to you. The experiences you have had and will have are all yours alone. They shape and mold you. Those things you will discover more of as you become more self-aware. When when you allow yourself to enjoy your journey, you allow yourself to be free. Although pain and heartache sometimes is on the path, you understand but better how it's improving you and helping you reach a higher version of yourself. Enjoy your journey. Those are my uh, seven tips for self-awareness. I can go... Much deeper into this topic because it is an important one. It's something that a lot of us in this age of social media have not been able to do. We live lives on social media that do not align with our truest selves. We don't know our truest selves because we aren't self aware. We have had a moment of We haven't had a moment of introspection. We rarely look within. We've cluttered our lives with distractions so we don't have to. When we finally do it, we find such beautiful gems about ourselves that we didn't know existed. We find out things we actually love, things that speak to our spirit. We find sources of pain, but we know how to deal better with them instead of run away from them. We mature. Most importantly, though, we find and live our peace no matter the environment. Take some time for yourself and do an introspective check. You deserve it. Segment three Black excellence. In today's episode, we're highlighting U.S. Senator Kamala Harris. Kamala was born to an Indian mother and Jamaican father in 1964, Oakland, California, to a breast cancer researcher and a Stanford economics professor. A graduate from Howard University herself, with a degree in political science and economics, Harris went on to obtain her Juris Doctorate from University of California, Hastings College of Law. After passing her California bar on her second attempt, Kamala Harris found herself as the Deputy Attorney General in Alameda County, California for eight years. Following that stint, she later served in the San Francisco's District Attorney's Office and San Francisco's. City Attorney's Office as Chief of the Community and Neighborhood Division, overseeing civil code enforcement. In 2003, she became the Attorney General of the City and County of San Francisco It is this time in government where she really began to show herself as a person committed to helping the underserved and improving the justice system. She pushed back against seeking the death penalty to someone who killed an officer. She started a program to give first time drug dealers a chance to obtain a high school diploma and employment. This program resulted in a low recidivism rate for the 3,300 graduates. She has pushed for enhanced public safety while reducing recidivism, which one such program plan of hers was adopted by then governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. She went on to run for California attorney general and won in 2010, being seated in 2011 and becoming the first African-American and Indian-American person to hold the seat in California. She was re-elected in 2014 to that same seat. Finally, in 2016, she ran for U.S. Senator for the state of California and won. Senator Harris is a force in government. She has taken a strong stance on immigration and protecting those who are in harm's way of Trump and ICE. She has been fighting for women's rights, abortion rights, environmental issues, gun rights, and the list literally goes on. She sits on the judicial Committee in the Senate, as well as the Intelligence Committee, where she has been a strong questioner of those who have come before the committees for interviews and testimonies. Kamala Harris, we salute you. Well, that's my show for today. Glad you tuned in to listen and hopefully took notes on how to become better self-aware and learned a little bit more about DACA and how you can help fight for them. If you haven't already, make sure you like and subscribe to the show on Google Play Music. SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share it with friends and family so you can carry this conversation on. You can always reach out to me, Sheena, your host, on Instagram or Twitter. My handle on both platforms is at SheenaD1. That's S-H-E-E-N-A-D and the number one. You can also like the Facebook page, Beautifully Complicated Podcast. Beautifully Complicated is one word. Thanks for tuning in. Love and light, everyone. Till next time, remember that the best life is beautifully complicated.